she'll take that in. Right. You know, and Rebecca and I have talked about this, as have all the, you know, the other women on our team, that this seems like a vague answer, but a lot of times a woman will ask us, um, how, am I, how am I to know if he's internally motivated to be well? Mm-hmm. And often what we'll say is, you will know. You'll experience him differently. And um, there, there is a sense of this wise adult in him that is taking over and really moving into wanting to be well more than anything. Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast. Today we're going to continue our series on what men can do to rebuild trust with their wives. And with us we have Beth Miller, the lovely spouse of our host Greg Miller, and Rebecca Deckers from the Faithful and True staff. How's everyone doing today? We're doing, doing great. Well. Yeah, good. good to be here. Happy to the, have the you with us. The first thing I want to say is this is not show business nepotism that brings Beth into the podcast. <laughs> she is qualified on her own. It's not because she knows me. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, qualified. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll buy that. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Well, we are happy to have you with us, and we're happy to continue with this series. So uh, today we're going to start off by talking about uh, two other uh, aspects of this. Right, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. So what if one of you just identifies kind of the specific topic that we're going to be talking about, about how a man can contribute to um, rebuilding trust with his wife? Sure, I'll start. Yeah. Um, Well, we thought that we could talk today a little bit about um, how rebuilding trust it is when someone doesn't let their um, wife's thoughts, feelings, behaviors, or opinions distract him from staying sober, from doing his work, um, and specifically the idea of internal motivation, that mm-hmm. that I um, know for myself what I would like, and I'm not so distracted from what um, with what my wife does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I will say this is very complicated, probably for the wife and also for the man, because for all of us that start recovery, there is a part of us that is doing this to save our marriage or to repair the relationship with our wife. And so this idea that I I'm investing in my relationship for because of my recovery or I'm motivated to invest in my relationship through my recovery is a valid thing it just can't be the only thing Mm. so what is it like for a wife like what are some of the indicators that the husband may be more motivated to to appease the wife or placate the wife versus to really be grounded in his own desire to be uh, motivated to be well Mm. well i think one of the things that we see is if Um, A person, uh, a man who is working on his recovery is really um, swayed in that by her anger or um, her frustration. Um, If 
he is working hard to like hustle for her approval more than be concerned about his own recovery, that's an indication that maybe there's not as much internal motivation on his part as we would want. And I think another really important indicator is um, who's like who's in charge of his recovery? Mm-hmm. Is he is he the one right that's setting the appointments, going to groups, um, versus her being the one to remind him and find all the resources, and you know almost be like doing doing it for him to right. a, to, to a degree. Yeah. One one of the indicators from my perspective when I'm working with a man that like his recovery is too based in his wife's approval is if we spend a lot of our appointments talking about his wife and where she is and how she's responding. And at times that can be an appropriate conversation. And yet if that is the focus of what we're talking about, that's kind of a signal that he's too invested in his wife's reaction. It's kind of like he's doing his recovery for her versus he's doing his recovery for himself. And so what is the motivation, but what is also the focus of the recovery and what what causes him to want to do it? Mm-hmm. Rebecca, what is it that you see when you're w- working with a woman that might cause her concern that her husband is just doing it for her? Well, I think often... Um, wives can feel it on some level. Sometimes it's not even just behaviors. There's this sense like if I wiggle, um, he's going to fall or if I'm um, not safe in how I show up, which sometimes, you know, we're the, the goal and the striving is to be more and more safe and honest in our communication. But uh, on the early stages, um, it's a really valid process to have to move through big emotions, to have to, you know, in some ways, complete the stress response cycle. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling mad. Um, and that there just is space for her to feel that without it um, derailing her partner. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, relieving often for wives that there's a little bit more space for me to do that and so similar to what we've been saying it's just that general sense that my feelings are okay you you don't quite need me to be okay for you to be okay um that there's that i can you know as i'm doing my work to practice speaking and communicating safely but there's room for all of my emotions yeah Um, you know one of the things i'm kind of hearing is it's disorienting for a spouse if her perception is her husband's recovery is fragile mm-hmm. and that it can be swayed by a big reaction. And so she may feel like she has to contain her reaction in mm-hmm. order to not break his recovery. And maybe if she has more confidence and he has more confidence that I can be with her in her big emotions, whether it's grief or sadness or anger and, mm-hmm. and one of the big things that I know can be triggering for a, mi- a man is if what he perceives is apathy. And so there may actually be a season where a wife mm-hmm. seems disinterested in his recovery. In fact, mm-hmm. I've had men tell me my wife doesn't want to know anything about my recovery. And so in that season, does he still find himself committed um, in doing the recovery for himself? Um, one of the phrases that I use at the workshop is I talk about the fact that early on in our process, one of the best gifts that Beth gave me was the gift of no hope. That mm. there was really no belief on my part that our marriage was going to make it. 
And so I started my recovery for me and for our boys because I wanted it for myself. And mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I was always detached. I did read the room. I still was conscious of how Beth responded. But there's a difference between including my spouse and going to my spouse for approval. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes men can have the energy of an adolescent or a little boy, and he wants to check in with his spouse mm -hmm. like he's checking in with his homework. I did my recovery homework. Mm -hmm. Are you proud of me? Do I get a sticker? That's probably the energy that is concerning yeah. for a Well, to and I would say in the early mm -hmm. months especially, if a husband is coming to his wife asking in so many words, look what I've done, aren't you proud of me? Her response is usually, um, uh, it could be a variety of things, but one of which might be like, way to go. That's what it means to be faithful. That's what it means to be like, uh, right. there, there might not be a lot of empathy and encouragement around that. And I, I can right. say that um, that was actually very helpful for me, Greg, when uh, I, and I wasn't doing that on purpose to like to communicate, hey, let's see how this goes if I pull away. I knew that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. I needed some healthy space to discern um, what was what was possible. And it was so mm -hmm. trust building to watch that you were committed to doing your work no matter what response you were or weren't getting from me. And, and I, mm -hmm. I also just want to say I have a lot of empathy for women who can recognize, yeah, I'm probably over in his lane because I mm -hmm. am fearful of what's going to happen if he doesn't go after this. And that is such a chaotic place to begin to take our hands off of that, right? And to step back mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, we absolutely need to know that our partner is internally motivated to be well, that um, it isn't about something that if I take my hands off, it's all going to crumble, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. when, one thing I... I often hear men say that their wives have said is, why should I affirm you for something you should have been yeah. doing all along? Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of just wisdom for the spouse, for the husband, not to be going to his wife for initial approval and affirmation. And I do think that there's a value to, to find your desire apart from somebody else's approval. And I do mm -hmm. think that this is one of the benefits of separation for those couples that feel like separation is a good option for them. Because in our separation, I wasn't around for your positive reactions. I wasn't around for your negative reactions. And I probably would have been much more hooked into those if I had been. The, mm -hmm. the challenge is to be living with the person whose reactions are so present um, and then staying grounded in your truth, no matter what the reaction is um, as you're working your program of recovery. 
That's where those early days are often so difficult because, you know, I like to talk about how there's sort of two valid processes happening at the exact same time. And they often sort of collide or cause problems when we're perhaps sharing the same house while we're trying to move through this. Like the the wife has a valid amount of big emotions and stress responses to move through. Um, and that's valid. That needs to happen, you know, safely, well, to move through it truly, but that that's valid processes. But over here, we have that valid process, like you said, Greg, of, of wanting to, um, you know, repair in the relationship possible damage, but also wanting to practice um, that internal motivation, moving towards health, recovery, wholeness for myself, like practicing learning how to live perhaps in the truth now that my cover's been blown in mm -hmm. some ways. So trying to, um, you know, be honest about things and sort of wanting to check it out. It's valid to want to do that, but they often in the early stages cause yeah. a lot of conflict. Right. Well, and even the idea of for a husband to accept my wife's reaction is valid. And I love what you're talking about, that there's actually a process that we need to go through when we have a strong emotion, because if we don't do that, we're going to hold on to something and it's going to stay contained. So there mm -hmm. is this release of the strong emotion that can easily be directed at the spouse if he's in proximity and for him not to take that on and to, to see that, okay, I'm going to measure my recovery based upon my wife's reaction. I'm going to mm -hmm. be aware of my w wife's reaction and I'm not going to let it define my recovery for me. And mm -hmm. what can be challenging is if the wife has strong opinion about what the mm -hmm. husband should be doing. You know, yeah. I hear a lot of things where my wife really wants me to read this book or my wife wants me to listen to this podcast or to watch this video and to find the balance of this is my recovery and I can hear my wife's suggestion. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about in a previous podcast is it is easier if I start with the belief that my wife is for me and she wants mm -hmm. what is best for me. If I believe that my wife is on my team, even if we're disconnected in the relationship, even if she doesn't feel like she can be present with me, if I can believe that she's for me, I will hear these encouragements, these invitations through a very different lens. Um, mm -hmm. And if it's coming out of fear and my wife is trying to find safety in my reaction, that can create all kinds I of think, chaos. Yeah, go ahead, Rebecca. Yep, you go. Well, I was just going to say, it often can feel for wives very safe when, like you said, Greg, the husband can perhaps hear her and gently scooch her to the edge of his hoop and say, I, I hear you, and I've this is part of my recovery plan. This is what I would like. Even, you know, while initially that doesn't feel so great um, to be scooched, but there's something trust-building in that. Ah, he's got it. I don't have mm -hmm. to climb in and manage. Mm -hmm. He's got I, a plan. I was just going to mm -hmm. add, I think this is where um, if a couple can get their support from the same place, some of the, you know, the same resources, mm -hmm. maybe not 100% everything is the same, but speaking some similar language is so helpful. And so they, those can be helpful invitations to say, hey, I listened to this podcast, I found this really helpful, or I read this book, or you know, I went to this workshop at this place. Um, this counseling center has been really helpful for me. I, I think that some of um, 
the connections in that uh, can be very helpful when we learn to speak some similar language. Mm -hmm. I, I would mm -hmm. also say the invitation is here, um, easier to hear when it's clear. You know, what's true is most of us have a strong reaction if we perceive that somebody mm -hmm. has an agenda for us and they're not being honest or clear about that. And mm -hmm. so if a wife can say, and the reason I'd like for you to listen to this podcast is they address this issue of boundaries. And my perception is this is something that you may struggle with. Okay, well, I can hear that. Or... Um, this particular podcast talks about intimacy and what intimacy is. And my sense is we've not had that in our relationship. But if I'm just offered something, but I'm not sure why I'm being mm -hmm. offered, especially if I'm codependent or, or enmeshed, I may do it, but I'm constantly doing it for the other person. What are they mm -hmm. wanting me to get out of it versus what am I able to get out of it? And if I know what they'd like for me to hear, then I can be attuned to that, but I don't have to be controlled yeah, or defined sense. by that. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that I hear sometimes that is good to mention in this, this topic is where a husband will ask his wife, can you promise me that you won't leave? Can, can you promise me that, you know, we're going to be okay? And... That is too big of a request. I mean, if if a wife can say, yes, I'm here. I mean, if that's true and congruent for her, then so be it. Absolutely. But there are often times where um, there's been some really significant betrayal that it's not even healthy for a wife to be too quick to answer that question. And that's one mm -hmm. of the places where I think he may be looking for that as the impetus to do his work. And I, I worked with a woman several years ago who would say to her husband um, in the, the you know, early months, I'm here today. I'm here today. And I'm going to keep doing my work. And I hope you'll keep doing yours. And I thought that was mm. so wise. And she... I. I hope she's not still saying that to him, you know, several years later, right? Like that's, that's not the yeah. long-term goal, but in those early, early weeks and months, that may be um, just too much to ask. And a good indication of him doing his work and being internally motivated is being able to surrender that and to say, that's my desire right. that we would be together and it's my desire that I am committed to being well no matter what happens. She'll take that in, you know. And Rebecca and I have right. talked about this, as have all the, you know, the other women on our team, that this seems like a vague answer, but a lot of times a woman will ask us, um, how, am I, how am I to know if he's internally motivated to be well? And often what we'll say is, you will know. You'll experience him differently. And um, there, there is a sense of this wise adult in him that is taking over and really moving into wanting to be well more than anything. Well, what, what's interesting is even that question, can you tell me you're not going to leave me? 
part of the issue with that question is it's based upon the assumption that the husband can receive that and believe it himself. You know, if he mm-hmm. had confidence in himself and in the relationship, then he would probably be in a different place in the way that he is mm-hmm. living. But the problem is, if I'm basically asking someone, do you choose me? Well, in order for me to receive that, I have to believe that I am choosable. And that question may have the agenda. I want my spouse to rescue me from my fears, my insecurities, and my shame. Mm-hmm. And the way we switch it, and what I would encourage the man to do, is let's work on your shame so that you can believe you are choosable even if your wife isn't choosing you because God created you to be choosable. That's your identity. Because if I am dependent upon somebody else to choose me to believe I'm choosable, I'm always going to be trying to pickpocket that from them. And so Mm. it's almost as if the asking of the question is an indication that he's not ready for the answer. And so Mm. there's that work that he needs to do of some shedding of shame, living in truth, healing old wounds, so that he can just show up in the relationship with whatever it is that his wife is able to offer to him in that moment and on that day. And here, I want to say this. Mm. In the early days of recovery, I was nowhere near that. You know, this, this healing thing takes time. We all bring our unhealth into it. And one mm-hmm. of the challenges is in the early days of recovery, it's not like my survivor strategies are simply gone. Whatever I had was there. I was simply trying to, to minimize them and live more as a wise man. And so it makes sense in the early days of recovery, we don't show up with our best selves. The, the key and the shift is I'm now aware that I'm not showing up with my best self and I'm mm-hmm. trying to do something about it. Mm-hmm. I think um, the way that we have worded this principle, that he doesn't let my behaviors, opinions, or feelings distract him um, from being sober, There's a couple of things that I think would be good for us to talk about in this. One, I would say um, to any husbands listening, expect your wife to have some really big feelings. Um, One way or the other, Mm -hmm. either a lot of anger, a lot of grief, or a lot of like withdrawal. Maybe it's a lot of silence. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's finding her way through some really incredible pain. And sometimes one of the things we hear is that he's feeling free for the first time in years or decades. And there may be safe men in his community that can celebrate that freedom with him and be with him in that place. Um, She, on the other hand, may feel like a dump truck just got you know, backed up and dumped onto her with the heaviness of the weight of this information in in the early days of discovery. So I just, I want to say, like, expect her to be angry. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. like, that's normal. That's a normal reaction, actually, for her to validate um, this is not okay. You know, it's, it's actually honoring mm-hmm. of herself to have that. That being said, um, I know, Rebecca, you and I talked about this idea that this also doesn't just give the spouse a blank check 
to say or do whatever she wants. Do you want to speak to that a little bit, Rebecca? Yeah, that 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 it is a process um, for her to learn how to um, express it. I like just to say cleanly, um, but but that's the idea of self differentiation. Um, and again, that that there's a felt sense that you can maintain your sense of self, that sense of freedom that you might have. Um, and that I get then a little bit more space to move through it. And often just that felt sense that your partner is in that stronger, and I like that word that you're using, Greg, confident, more confident um, in his process place. I find with the women I work with often helps them get to that um, cleaner, more safe way of expressing it. I don't need to, um, I, I always tell clients, I don't need to elbow for my anger, to room for my anger. I don't mm. need to elbow. Like all of a sudden when I realize I'm not having to fight for my space mm. to feel my feelings, I feel like, oh, I can let go of them a little quicker. So definitely, um, you know, in a good uh, therapeutic relationship, you're learning how to express that cleanly. Um, but it's often such a gift from the partners yeah. that there's room for it. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I, I like the image that I'm able to receive it and hold it without becoming defensive. That mm -hmm. if my wife shows up with anger, I can just receive it. I don't have to put my guard up and push against it. Um, mm -hmm. And very much what you're saying, Rebecca, that space is created. Because once we know that there's space for our feelings, we're able to express them. And then as you identify, release mm -hmm. them. I also mm -hmm. think that the language in this is important. It's that it doesn't yeah. distract me. You know, we're mm. not saying that a man isn't right. impacted by his wife's emotions or mm. he doesn't have feelings about them. You know, we have reactions to other people's reactions, so, but they don't become a distraction. He stays focused on the recovery. And this is the place where our community is yeah. so important. And there's a difference. If I go to my small group or my community and I just talk about my wife, that's not ultimately going to be helpful. But if I go to my community and I talk about me, I talk about my grief, my sadness, even my hurt, my anger about how my wife is responding, then I can offload some of that to my community and I can come back to my wife with more space. So we're not talking about you deny it, you ignore it, you avoid it. You simply receive it and then you find healthy, safe ways to bring it to your community so that you are mm -hmm. able to share it so that, again, you go back and have more space. Because mm -hmm. if I'm just taking stuff on, but I'm not offloading anything, eventually I'll have, more, I'll have no space to receive anything else. And that's going to create all Well, kinds of and ideally, mm -hmm. um, we would encourage women to do the same thing, that they're getting into mm -hmm. safe community. Um, they're working with their therapist to find healthy ways to move through and express their anger, their grief, their pain. Because like you just said, Greg, to take all of that, especially in the early you know, season of this, to take all of that to their partner will likely flood him. And it doesn't mm -hmm. mean, though, that she doesn't have valid needs to really express that and find a way through it. And that can you know, that can be done in safe community because she needs an empathetic witness to that, that level of anguish. Mm -hmm. one, one thing I would say as we're coming to an end is 
there, I, I started with this, where we are invested in our recovery in the hope that it will heal our relationship. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. That my motivation was to um, engage my family and my kids. And um, once I heard Beth say that there was hope for that, that really was something that I desired, a vision that I had. So to say I'm, I want a part of the, the vision of my recovery to be to heal my family and redeem my marriage is beautiful. And it cannot be the only thing. Because then mm. what happens is it's that principle that I heard Mark talk about. There's this belief that anything you put in front of your recovery, you have the yeah. possibility then of losing. So if I put mm. my marriage in front of my recovery, ultimately mm. I may actually lose my marriage. And yet if my marriage benefits from my recovery, it keeps me focused on my recovery. Yeah, well said. Mm -hmm. Well yeah. said, Greg. What a great way to wrap this up. We really appreciate Rebecca and Beth uh, joining us today on the Faithful and True uh, podcast. And uh, we would like to uh, have you both back to uh, continue the conversation about the things that uh, a husband or a man can do to help rebuild trust in his relationship with his spouse. Uh, in the meantime, if you've heard this podcast and you've identified that you need the help that we offer you at Faithful and True, we invite you to visit our website, faithfulandtrue.com. And there you'll find uh, podcasts like this. We have over 400 podcasts that are free and available for you to enjoy. And we also have all of the information and registration available for our three-day intensive workshops. We do the Men's Journey Workshop every month. We do the women's workshop uh, a few times a year, the next one uh, coming up in uh, January. And then we also have the couples workshop, which is coming up in February. We invite you to check out those details and register for one of those events if that fits uh, your situation the best. In the meantime, we hope that this coming week for you will be a week that's filled with many blessings and with great vision.